So did I turn it on? Oh, good. <laughs> hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that encourages us. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this church. And I'm thankful for the word tonight. And I just pray, Lord, that as I share what I believe that you have shown me, that that it encourages people in this body. And um, just thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I was originally going to talk about hope. It's kind of funny when you're, you know, I live alone, and so I'm, I'm isolated, you know, even more so, you know. And um, I just started, like, just hearing hope, 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 you know. And, and I didn't know what that was about, and, but I knew it was something good. And, you know, it's a shame that I, I waited so long to dig it out. And I don't know sometimes if you've got to hear something else before you can hear something else. I don't know. I'm not going to uh, apologize for waiting, uh, but but when you start looking at hope, it's it's like hope. You got hope, faith, hope, love, and and it turned out that I kind of need to talk about faith and talk about love, and then talk about hope. And um, so that's what I'm going to do. So the first topic tonight is faith, <clears throat> and there's a tremendous amount of of um, you know scriptures on faith, but I, I I've got two here I want to cover with you, and the first one is in Mark 11, starting with the 22nd verse. So Jesus answered and said to them, "Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart." But believes those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask for when you pray, believe that you will receive and that you will have them. I pray that right now for everyone, that, that everything that we ask, that your spirit will lead us as to what to ask, and it will be a witness to other people, save souls to see our prayers being answered. Now, I want to go to Mark 16, starting in the 16th verse. And it says here, uh, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons, <laughs> they will speak with new tongues. You know, our pastor's been talking about the power of tongues. Uh, they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly, any, uh, any de- anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. That is a promise from God. Both of these have to do with speaking to mountains. It go- has to do with, with activating faith. But I picked these two because one talks about faith and one talks about believing. And I got to thinking, what's the difference between faith and believing? <laughs> you, you know, you've got to read a lot of scriptures 
you know, because the kind of because it's kind of interesting. You know, I read a bunch of scriptures on believing, and oh, that sounds like faith. Read a bunch of stuff on faith, that sounds like believing. Sometimes they said believing in faith in the same in the same scripture. But one thing that that seemed clear to me is that belief can be a passive mental acceptance. You know, saying I believe in God means very little if you don't believe it in your heart. You know, even even Satan believes in God. Demons believe in God. It's not doing them any the belief is not doing them any good. You know, people I hear people all the time say I believe in God. But their lives never change. And I want to, I, I know the people in here, I've seen y'all's lives change, but I want to just speak to the people out there. If your life is not changing, you've got to do more than just believe it. I want to say it again. If your life is not changing, you have to do more than just believing it. I don't have the scripture here, but there was a man that wanted to pray for his son, and he said, if you only believe... And he said, I believe, help my unbelief. Well, the word says that if you ask, you will receive. So ask. If your life isn't changing, ask, Lord, help my unbelief. You know, know, when someone has true faith in God, it can't help but be revealed in their life. True faith has its dependence and reliance on God and trust in God. True faith is revealed by our actions, our thought life, and our priorities. We first believe. That's the first step. And faith brings us closer to God. Do you want to be closer to God? You have to do more than just check that box, I believe. Check that box, I'm a Christian. And the closer you get to God, somehow, it's going to come to you that you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I have known of people that have been on 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 a mountaintop praying, and they've got filled with the Holy Spirit not knowing they needed the Holy Spirit. So you, you don't, do you think that God is hindered by man if someone god knows our hearts god knew that those people wanted a richer relationship with him and god through the holy spirit spoke to them they didn't know that they weren't what they weren't believing but god doesn't god doesn't leave us hanging the enemy is the one that leaves us hanging The enemy is the one that affects our thinking so that we might have ineffectual prayers or we we may not know to hope more or whatever it is that God's telling you to do. The enemy is what distracts us. You know, the word also says that faith without works is dead. Just believing... (laughs) Just saying you have faith doesn't change things. And I want to look at James. James 2, 
14 through 24. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save? If a brother or a sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one says to to them, you know, depart, have peace, (laughs) be filled, warm and filled, but you do not give them the things that they, that they need for the body, what does it profit them? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? What about Abraham, our father, justified by, by, um, excuse me, was not Abraham, our father, justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, first step, and it was accounted to him as for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by by works and not by faith only. Abraham believed the promise that God had spoken over to him. You know, it took him a while, maybe, along the way, but, but God always showed Abraham how faithful God was. And God, but by, by God being who he is, Abraham learned to trust him and believe in him. Faith, faith was made perfect by Abraham's actions. He, be, he believed God, and his actions confirmed what he believed. He didn't just talk the talk, he walked the walk. We have so many people just talking the talk. There's Christians that, um, that I know, I went to Bible college with, they're talking the talk, and they're not walking the walk. It's easy to talk the talk. It's easy to get excited about these scriptures and being able to cast out demons and all this kind of stuff. That's, that's exciting. But we're supposed to walk the walk. So I want to look at Romans 5, um, starting in the first verse. And it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith. So our access to Jesus is by faith into this grace which we stand and rejoice in hope and of the glory of God. And not only that, we also glory in, you know, we, we glory in tribulation, knowing that care, uh, tribulation, I'm sorry here, tribulation <laughs> produces perseverance and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God 
has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. You know, this is a time that people are being persecuted. This is a great time to be developed. This is a great time to cry out to God and be strengthened by, by his encouragements. You know, we can't turn to the news for encouragements. We can't, you know, uh, we, we can't turn to our neighbors for encouragements. We're turning to the wrong place. We need to turn to God. And like our pastor said, you know, he's been preaching on the Holy Spirit, and one of the best ways to turn to God is to pray in tongues because we don't know how we should pray. So if we pray in tongues, that's how we should pray. You know, sometimes, have you ever been speaking stuff and have God correct you? <laughs> you know, some of the stuff I prayed for in the past, praise God that God is wiser than me, you know. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. We ask for crazy things. Um, I think all of us have in our life, you know. Um, I want to go to, to Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to god must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him faith gives us access to god's gifts does you no good to receive a gift and just leave it in the package how many christians are encouraged to do that They believe, they get born again, and then they leave all the gifts on the package because that's on the, you know, they they leave it out by the Christmas tree for a little while. Next thing you know, it's back in the closet. Never gets opened up. Never gets opened up. Well, the thing I like about the Word is the Word is a living Word. You buy an old computer, the software is going to get up, it's going to be outdated. The word never gets outdated. It never gets outdated. So if you've put, I'm talking out there because I know all of y'all here, if you've put some gifts on the shelf, if you haven't opened those gifts, open them. If you don't know what you did with them, ask the Lord, Lord, which gift should I open first? The Holy Spirit, God, does not leave us hanging. Now, what we do, because we're from this fast food mentality, if we don't get an answer right away, then we just hope, I guess, not for me. I guess I don't have anything. I know a lot of people that ask, me, ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I'm, I'm surprised. There's a lot of people that don't receive it. Tried that one time. Didn't work. But, you know, but God's merciful. God puts something in front of them and says, hey, 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 wait a second. <laughs> Let's pray about this. If they, if they truly want it, they'll get it. Because the word just said, if we ask in faith, we'll receive it. So that's, that's what I'm ta- talking about. That's faith, a little bit about faith. You know. I want to talk a little bit about love. You know, Paul tells us in Corinthians that love is the greatest gift. But, you know, people, they want to prophesy. 
They want to have a word. They want to preach. You know, I, I can tell you it's a lot easier for me to talk to you than to, to love some of you, you know. You know? I'm, not, I'm not saying you're not unlovable. It takes effort on my part. <laughs> you know, uh, but so it's the greatest gift. We should be pursuing that gift. And in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, starting uh, in chapter 13, the first verse, it says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or clanging cymbals, cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Don't we want all those things that person has? You can have all of that, but you don't. If you have love, God says you got nothing. You got nothing. And though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, that's pretty. That's that seems like that seems like love, doesn't it? I, I, I thought that'd be love, you know. But have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long, and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely. I'll say this in a second. I just got a comment about that. But does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquities, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But it sounds like the other gifts could. <laughs> if you, you know, it, it, it didn't say all the other gifts don't fail. Love never fails. And if we go ahead and just skip down to the 13th verse, it says, Now abide faith, hope, love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. I think he is making a point about the importance of love. I, you know, some Christians are so busy trying to walk in faith that they forget to love. It's an honest thing. You got some Christians that are, they want people to know that they're a faith-believing, tongue-talking, you know. And that's more important to them than loving you know, we should always be merciful. We should always love one another, especially in a time like this. You know, when the government turned, you know, started to, to, to uh, shut down, you know, large meetings, you know, I saw a lot of harsh comments from Christians judging these pastors of large churches. They, they don't have faith. They're not, you know, you know, just went on and on and on. And I wanted to say, okay, what is your ministry? You know, I mean, your ministry, you got two followers. I mean, yeah, you, you, can, you can distance. Of course, he's not thinking about distancing, you know. But I saw a lot of things. And, and, I, I, and, and before I read this, I kept thinking, where's the love? I kept thinking, that's harsh. 
We don't know why. I can tell you, I can tell you something. You know, he was coming really down hard on a, on a guy that had a huge church that has people that come into that church with all levels of faith. How is he going to protect the babies that have no faith? I mean, you, you, a huge church, it's, it's, it's a lot of effort to do all that distancing and to do the things to comply with what the government says to do. And doesn't the word, I don't have the scripture, I took it out of my lesson, but the government, you know, we're supposed to comply with the government, not just paying our taxes, but their, um, oh, what do you, it's rule, I, I, I don't, it's, it's another word for rules, I can't remember what it is, but we're supposed to, you know, they're, do you remember what it is? I can't. It's laws is another word I can't remember, but, but laws, they're, they're, they're practices. It doesn't mean we don't have faith. The government can't take my faith away from me. Is, is God so weak? Is fa- faith that can move a mountain can be taken away from me because a door gets shut? Can you tell me to stop believing in God and trusting God? If my trust is just in being able to sit in a church, I've got some issues. You know, I come to church because I like to be around like-minded people. I love to participate in the praise and the worship. I love to see my brothers and my sisters. Um, and it, it, it encourages me. But I can tell you right now, I get a whole lot more out of that word when I take it back home and reheat it and eat it again. You know, when we were having uh, the uh, having to watch from home, you know, I made the decision I wanted to watch it live because I like to see the little count, <laughs> tell you how many people were watching with you. That's my personal preference. I know of some people like, that like to watch it later on. Did it matter when we watched it? We just heard that somebody watched a lesson that was months old and got healed. The Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. It can't, the power of God can't be stopped by our government. It can't be stopped by a shut door. We'll find, God will give us, give us a way to get our fellowship in. I have fellowship more on the phone than I have in years. I have talked to people I haven't talked to for years. It's a blessing. And I've had some quiet time that I have needed, forced quiet time. And to be honest with you, it took me a while to get my mind quiet because I wasn't used to it. This thing has been good for me. I'm thankful. You know, I'm not thankful that it happened, but it has been good for me. And, and, my, and I'm so thankful because I know some people have lost jobs, and I don't want to make light of that. The word talked about in times of tribulation, when things happen, something can be developed in that. You can get a better job. You might find out that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. You might... I, I love it. Jay Johnson got fired. No, it got laid off. And then he got another job. During, you know, <laughs> I, mean, but, <laughs> I love that. I love that. But, you know, back to 
this thing, you know, the, the comments online and stuff. You know, my parents were, you know, they were extremely fearful at that, at that point when we were still having the church open and churches were closing down. And you know, my dad has had a quadruple bypass. Um, he has pulmonary is- lung issues, okay? And he has several of the, the, the risk factors. And so he was just, he was concerned and they were fearful. I love them. I'm the one that gets their groceries for them. And out of love, I didn't want them to be fearful. But I also (laughs) didn't want to appear weak. (laughs) I wasn't so concerned about appearing weak to God. (laughs) I didn't want to appear weak to you guys. You know, there were some people that were didn't understand where where I was coming from and if you if you had faith you would go you know and so well do I have faith because I don't have faith to go <laughs> or do I have faith to go and I was praying about that and I was I didn't know I just didn't know what to do and one morning I was praying and the spirit just said to me it is not love to flaunt your freedom over your parents. I kind of like that. But the Lord knows I need a scripture to back things up. And he reminded me of 1 Corinthians 9. The, starting in the 19th verse. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win the more. And to the Jew, I became a Jew, that I might win Jews. And to those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law, as without law. Not being without law towards God, but under law towards Christ. That I might win those who are are without law. To the weak, I became as weak. That I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men that I might be all by all means that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake that I may be partaker of it with you. And so I had peace. I had, I had my own judgments I was dealing with. I had judgments from other people. But I chose to love. And, and, it, and it really opened up, and this has been a great time to spend with my family. And uh, I love that. You know, um, like, like I said, I watch, you know, I, I'm still connected to the body. I still hear every teaching and amen it, and I receive it for myself. <laughs> um, now, when the church decided, you know, to open back up, I, I, I'm not, you're excited, you know, I was excited, oh yeah, you know, and then I had this thought, oh no, what about my parents? So, I thought I needed to talk to them, so I told my parents, the church is opening back up, and I want to go, and at first they, oh, you know, and then I just told them what we're doing for the distance, all the stuff we were doing, and as I spoke to them, I was ministering peace to them. And I was here. Now, that's my situation. Someone else may not 
be free to come. That's okay. You know, the, you're, hearing this, you're hearing the same thing that the people sitting here are hearing. The only difference is most of us have brushed our hair. We're not wearing sweats, I don't think. But you're hearing the same message. You're hearing the same word. So ask God what you should do. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you guidance. Don't be pressured into doing something you don't have faith for. And that's okay. Okay, I did not have faith to come to the last meeting we had before the total shutdown. I know why. Because I was supposed to walk in love. So we have a tendency to put things in a box and it's got to be this way. We, we, we want rules and we want regulations. That's what the people went, you know, when Moses went to the mountain. They wanted rules and regulations and they got them. The Holy Spirit isn't about a bunch of rules. The Holy Spirit is a heart issue. The Holy Spirit deals with what you're dealing with. The Holy Spirit knows what has happened in my life. The Holy Spirit knows that I've been hurt. So maybe I need to do something else. He's gentle with us. He's not going to expose us. He's not going to set us up for ridicule or harm. So ask the Lord what you should be doing, when you should come back. But most importantly, continue to watch. Continue to be a part of this. And there's something else I'd like to, to just think about. And ask yourself, and I have, I've had to ask myself this, you know, am I going to love someone into the kingdom? You know, Jesus did go to the temple and he did with his whip, okay, but they weren't seeking God. They were doing business. We take that scripture and we'll whip a poor little Christian, you know, a new born again, we'll try to whip him into shape. You know, well, Jesus used a whip. Jesus used harsh words. Jesus loved people into the kingdom. You know, he knew things about people. He didn't go, (laughs) you've had five. This lady here has had five husbands. (laughs) And she's not married to the one she's got right now. Everybody hear that? (laughs) Very quietly spoke to her, spoke to her heart. Loved her. That's what we need to be doing. Are we willing to give up our freedom to be a servant to win souls? Are we willing to look weak to save souls? Are we willing and going to be long-suffering and kind? I'm glad that people have been long-suffering and kind to me. I'm thankful. I'm glad the Holy Spirit has been long-suffering and kind to me. Or are we going to be puffed up with all faith, operate in all the gifts, have all the knowledge that we, that we act rudely or talk down to people? Our behavior could cause fear. People may not understand. 
you know, I can have a conversation with you guys. I can have a conversation with Joy, and we we can just, you know, say some things that somebody else isn't going to understand because they don't know where we came from. You know, I'm, I'm just other people here. They don't know the things that we've seen. We have seen something come from nothing. All of us here have seen that. Some people haven't seen that. And so when we start talking about that, they don't understand that. A lot of us, you know, a lot of people like to talk like they have their doctorate, you know, because <laughs> you know, <laughs> I am somebody, you know. And they don't realize that, that someone talked to them with kind words <laughs> in the beginning, most likely. So I want to follow Paul's example. That's a good example. I want to follow Jesus' example. You know, if you come into my house and you're doing something, I might get the whips out. (laughs) I don't know. The Holy Spirit might tell me, love them. I don't know. You know, Jesus said he only did what the Father told him to do. So that's just something to think about. So in, in, in 1 Corinthians, the 13th verse, it says, Now abide faith. Hope, love, these three, these three, but the greatest of these is love. And the verb for, you know, abide means to remain, continue, to stay, to dwell. It's not saying just dwell in love. It's saying abide in those three things. But if one of them is more important, it's love. We can abide in faith and love at the same time. We wouldn't be told to do it if we couldn't do it. You know, so I want to encourage you. You know, it's, we don't know who's at high risk. We don't know who is just walking in fear. Just love them. You know, I've seen people, you know, that someone wants to go shake their hand. You, you know, I see fear on the face. You know, you know if, if they're afraid to shake your hand, love them. Respect that. A new Christian may not come back if they feel that it's not safe. You know, I had a neighbor, it's kind of funny, that first, that first the, the service I didn't go to, I did have a neighbor that was like, she was like, oh, you go to that church? I saw a lot of cars, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, they were, they were like, and I just reassured them, you know, and I said, well, they're, 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 you know, not to worry about it. And I've gone back to them when I went back to church and let them know what we're doing. They were concerned. It was love for me to go back and talk to them. People see what, people look at us. They see what we're doing. Um, and, and it's not that we're walking in fear. Okay? Our pastor said that no one in our church is going to die of COVID. I can tell you this. Every time our pastors had a word like that, you can take it to the bank and cash it. So, yes, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that. We believe that because we have a history. <laughs> we've, seen, we've seen more things. A brand-new Christian may not understand that. So we've got to be kind and loving 
and maybe gently tell them some things so that they can, you know, the word is precept along precept. So if we're, you know, two miles into a precept, we've got to catch love is to stop (laughs) and help them out. So I want to go to Mark 16. I don't know if I've, I've said this before, but Mark 16, the 17th verse, it says, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly, anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will overcome. Now this word is true. But he's not telling us to go pick up snakes and spiders. He's not telling us to go drink Clorox or any other poison. Okay? But praise God, we make a mistake, we're protected. We may not feel so good because we may not realize we made the mistake, you know, and then we have to pray about it. You know, okay, praise God, I get bit by a snake, I don't have to die. But I think it would hurt to get hit by a mistake, snake. So, you know, I just don't go picking in places that there may be snakes. You know, if you tell me there's a rattlesnake over there, I'm going to... And I think it's funny, you have these faith people, you know, full of faith, but they're afraid of spiders. But you know what? But you know what? We're all different. I've got faith for some things that you don't have faith for. You've got faith for things that I don't have faith for. And, we, and, and we, we've had different experiences, and so because of our experiences, some things are like, why are they stumbling over that? <laughs> we forget that we stumbled one time. But if we're walking in love, I mean, I have stumbled a lot. You know, I don't like to listen to uh, things I taught at college, at Bible college. I thought I knew so much, and I knew so little, and some of it was wrong. Just out and out wrong. But praise God. Praise God. I think I may have the only copies of that stuff. But I looked good. <laughs> I looked good. <laughs> you know, I was a lot younger back then. But, but we can, if, if, if our pastor says something to us, he is in a position of authority. We, we can trust him. I want to look at um, in, in the snakes issue. I don't want, I don't have time to kind of look at that scripture, but it was when Paul was at Malta, and basically he was making a fire. He picked up some sticks. He got bit. You know, the the people first thought, oh, he must be a bad guy because he got bit. You know, and then when he didn't die, oh, he must be for God. You know, what I mean? you know God, you know, used that for his good, but he still got bit by a snake. So. I want to talk about hope now because I've got about 15 minutes, and that's really what got me going on this thing here. And I'm going to get kind of personal, and I don't know why I'm supposed to get personal about this because I kept thinking I don't want to share this, but I'm going to share it. And I, you know, with my class, I share things all the time, but I don't know who's going to hear this. You know, um, you know someone might hear it that I don't want to hear it, but I'm going to share it anyway. So, you know, one day the Holy Spirit um, just said to me, like, it's time to hope. You know, and I thought I was hoping. You know, and, and to be honest, you know, I just really never gave it much hope, much thought as to what I was hoping for. And um, so, I, you know, um, 
so that I was, you know, as I was um, kind of thinking about it, you know, things were happening, um, the one thing I did know was something good was going to happen. Because why would God tell you to hope for something? doesn't tell you to hope for bad stuff, you know. I didn't know. You get excited when God's going to reveal something to you, to, to me, you know. I would love it if he would just reveal it right then and there. But sometimes it takes a while, you know. And, and so, um, but something just kind of got woken up to get me to know that I needed to go digging a little bit about hope. And I didn't know what it was supposed to look like, you know. I didn't know. And, um, and before I went looking at, up hope, I was just kind of like in my prayer life, You'd read a scripture, and then you'd see faith and hope, you know, but I just didn't really, like, study it, study it. And, um, and in one of our Zoom meetings, after I had prayed, Joy prayed after me. But after I prayed, and then, you know, the mute was turned on, and she went on, uh, the Holy Spirit just said to me that he was creating new wineskin in me to handle the new wine. And when he said that, I knew he was talking about hope. Now, I still don't know what this is that I'm supposed to be hoping for. It was funny. Then Joy, it was like like the Lord said that, then Joy, you spoke on new wineskin for the church. So it's not just me. It's the church. But I'm part of this church. And so it's not, the hope isn't just for me. The new wineskin isn't just for me. It's for our church. And, And so I want to just look at, hope again in, in 11 uh, uh, Hebrews 11 1 it says now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen so this hope I don't know what I'm hoping for okay is going to produce faith that is going to bring forth something that I can't see right now so that, so that when I finished binge watching uh, Downton Abbey <laughs> I got real serious about getting into the Word. <laughs> well, hope is mentioned 151 times. That's a lot, you know. And I, I, was, I was getting to the end of Downton Abbey, you know. And, and so, um, so I, I was reading about hope. Uh, you know, Job talked about hopelessness, and, and uh, I couldn't relate to what he was going through. I just couldn't. It's like, okay, but you had to read that stuff to see if something kind of hits, you know. And so then a lot of scripture talks about coming out of hopelessness. Okay, I don't feel hopeless. You know, so I don't think I'm coming out of hopelessness. Okay, you know, a, a lot of hope in the word talks about the word, or it talks about G- Jesus, or it talks about the resurrection. Well, I, I'm pretty sure I'm hoping in the word. I'm the Jesus. I, I, you know, I'm born again. I'm, you know, okay, nothing seemed to stand out. And um, and I just, after I finished reading all those scriptures and nothing, I was just sitting at my desk and I said, you know, okay, God, I'm not walking around in despair. I have a good life. Got a good church, good friends and family. I have a job, nice home, no debts, you know, um, I got some savings. You know, after seeing what happened with the COVID and how other people, it affected them, it made me even more thankful for what I got. You know, if anything, Lord, I'm, I'm really thankful right now. I can't help but look out my window and just, just, I'm so thankful 
for what, you know, for what he's doing and what he's done for us. And then, after I said, God, you know, what, what am I not understanding? I had this vision. And I was bringing something to a boil on my stove. And once the water started to boil, I turned down the heat and put it on simmer. And the Lord said, take it off a of simmer and let it boil. And then he said, when your wineskin gets stretched to its limits, I'll create new wineskins to handle the new wine. And I knew that had to deal with hope. And he said, trust me. And once again, don't I trust him? <laughs> I think I trust him. You know, I think I do. Um, but I think we choose what to trust God in. <laughs> you know, so if he's telling me to trust him, I must not be trusting an area. So I thought again, okay, I've had nothing really bad happen. What am I supposed to be hoping for? And then I remembered, wow, it was pretty bad when Mark got sick and when he died. That's pretty bad. I didn't cry when I wrote this, but I'm crying now. But that was bad. But God was so good to me during that time period. I remember more of the good stuff than the bad stuff. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. You know, God has taken really good care of me. And I said, okay, that was really bad. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. And then after I kind of said that, that I remembered um, about two years ago, I was talking to the Lord, and I said to, to the Lord, do I really need to get married? Thank you. You know, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> I got a good life. Do I really need a man? <laughs> I mean, I mean um, and, and as soon as I asked that question, the Lord said, why settle for good when you can have great? And that really encouraged me when I heard that. But at that point, I was a new widow. And for me, it was new. Um, and um, I wasn't ready to, to start looking for a husband or anything like that or even date. I wasn't ready for any of that. But I knew that that was a promise for me. Okay? I knew that I needed to, my season in my life was a, being a widow, and I needed to take advantage of that season in my life as a widow. Now, some women, it take their, maybe they're a quicker learner than I am. <laughs> it takes some people longer to, to, to have that grieving process. Or, and when I say grieving process, um, you know, it, it's grieving, but it's also, you know, when you, when you marry someone, you become one. And the longer you're married, the more intertwined even your thought life gets. So you're, you're, you're connected. You, you married folks, been married for a while, you can tell sometimes what someone, you can be in agreement with your spouse with just a, or you can tell your spouse, don't do that, just with a, I mean, you know, 
you learn, you know, you learn each other's behavior. You just kind of, you swim through life together, you know, and someone's got your back. Well, when somebody dies, you have to learn to swim again. I had to learn, and I was, I was really, you know, the, my, Mark and my marriage really got really, really good towards the end of our marriage. And we got really, really, really close. And so it took a while, because, you know, I can't tell you how many times I'd be doing something. Hey, Mark, oh, he wasn't there. Oh, he thinks this is, he'll think this is fun. He was, he was in my heart. And so you kind of have to make room in your heart <laughs> for something else. And so I was just kind of, you know, going, you know, going through that. And, I, and this time has been really, a really good time. I have had a chance to sit down with the Lord and discuss my marriage. What a blessing that is. I, I made some mistakes. I did some things right. Some of the stuff I thought was a mistake at the time, it was right. Some of the stuff I thought was right at the time was wrong. But what a blessing it is. I can sit down with the Lord and discuss my marriage with him. Okay, I want to encourage you guys. You can sit down with, your, with the Lord and discuss your marriage with the Lord. You know, the Lord... I remember I was teaching in a class, and I talked about bringing baggage into a relationship. I'm referring to baggage as being bad, and the Lord just corrected me and said, all baggage isn't bad. You choose what you're going to pack. And that's what I've been doing. I've been going through my marriage and thinking about what do I want to take into my next marriage. I've gotten to relive some very fun times. I've gotten to laugh at how just stupid I was, how stupid Mark was sometimes. But praise God, God was faithful through it all. I got to see how stubborn and selfish I was. You know, I, one of the things I did learn is we could have had a marriage a whole lot sooner had I obeyed God. But I want him to do it first. God, change him. When you're praying for something, God's going to change you. You know, and I was praying wrong. It took me a while. And you know what? When I did what the Lord told me to do, boom, overnight, things changed. And we got deep real quick. So if you're having trouble in your marriage, just say, Lord, show me. What do I need to do? And do it. Don't say, well, if he does it. You know, if I have to tell him, then it doesn't mean anything. Well, you don't tell him, he, will, he may never know. If he doesn't tell me, I may never know. You know, there, you take steps. So God knows you've got to do this first. Then you got to do this first. You know, in a marriage, the way it works when you're swimming, when one, you, know, you, you kind of help each other along. You're weak, I'll pull you up. I'm weak, you pull me up. You're weak, uh, you know. And that's how it kind of, and, and, and eventually what happens is you're walking side by side. That's how it should be. But as long as you are waiting for the other guy, <laughs> what happens sometimes? You're waiting here, and they're just walking on by. <laughs> 
Next thing you know, they don't even know you're gone. You start living separate lives. They're over there. You talk to your friends about how bad they are over there. The enemy is right in the middle of it. So when you get that far apart, God can say, you need to take a step. God will take another step. You know, you take a step forward, your spouse might think, she's taking a step for me, I better take a step back. Don't get mad because he's taking a step back because he doesn't trust your emotions. You know, you know what I tried and he didn't receive it. I did that. And I, I'm, by the smiles in here, I'm thinking some people in here probably did that too. The longer you stop doing that garbage, the better your marriage is going to be. I've got to wrap this up pretty quick. So, about the baggage. You know, some of the baggage that I have, I have taken it to the curb. Can't take it to goodwill, because you don't want anybody to mess with that stuff. Take it to the curb. If I had, I'd burn it, you know. During this time of isolation, go through your baggage. Go through your junk and take some stuff to the curb. If it's not helping you, if it's not love, if it's not faith, if it's not going to add to your marriage, why hang on to it? Selfishness doesn't help your marriage. Anger doesn't help your marriage. Jealous, I mean, you can just name all these things. Well, he hurt me. <laughs> you know, oh, you know, or she's so, she's so, you know, has to have a clean house, whatever it might be. You've you got these little things. God can help you with it. And I can tell you something. I shared this with my class. I didn't realize this. Mark used to always get mad at me for leaving the cabinet doors open. And I'd get mad because I wasn't leaving them open. Well, I live by myself. I leave them open. I wasn't doing it to hurt someone's feelings, okay? You know, sometimes it was funny when he bumped his head on one, you know, I have to say that. But, but I wasn't doing it to hurt his feelings, okay? He was telling me not to do something that I didn't think I was doing, and we would fight over that. Stupid stuff. So, I just want to encourage everyone. God wants us to hope for more. Okay? God wants to, he, you know, he's talking to us about new wineskins. Okay, when you start, okay, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So, if faith is the substance of things hoped for, we need to hope more. If God has spoken something over you and you, you put it on the back burner because you couldn't handle it at the time, God might be telling you, take that off the back burner. See, a pot that is simmering, you don't have to watch it. You know it's there. You don't have to stir it. It kind of, you know, you may have to check and make sure it doesn't run out of liquids. But a boiling pot, you've got to keep your eye on that. If we started keeping our eye just on our marriage... And kept making sure the water didn't boil out and make sure that nothing burned. If we, if we tended to our marriage like we're tending to a boiling pot, we'd have a better marriage. If we tended to 
whatever God has spoken over us, like a boiling pot, that means you've got your eyes on it. You can't get too far away from it. Just see what God will do for you. When you're looking at that, you'll start hoping for things, and faith is the substance of things hoped for. God's telling me, okay, Karen, you're comfortable, but it's time for you to start praying for a husband. It's time for you to start speaking those things into existence. Okay, I say things like, I know that's going to be work. I know it is, but a good marriage, oh, man, I had some good stuff in my marriage. I do want that again, and I hopefully I'm not as stupid as I was when I got married the first time. And pray, and Lord, give me a man that's learned some things, too. I mean, you know, if we both have learned some stuff, woo you know? So whatever you're going in your life, don't settle for good. Complacency. Go for great. So thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, word for, Lord, for your encouragement. Thank you, Lord, that you... All we have to do is believe in you. You give us a measure of faith that we can use. You give us power in that. I thank you, Lord, that you give us the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that we don't know what to pray for. You've given us a language to use so that we can pray your will into the situation. So right now I lift up the whole body of Christ, especially our members here. We speak health to their bodies. We speak peace to their bodies. And we thank you for the changes that are taking place in their life. I'm thankful, Lord. We will never be the same. Never, never, never. Amen.